Good morning and welcome to LCC. I always forget if I add in the welcome, people don't say good morning. Let's try it again. Good morning. Good morning, Brett. And welcome to LCC. Sorry, I was so excited. My name is Brett Michat. I am the worship and young adults pastor around these parts. And I'm really excited, one, because it's Sunday. And I get excited every Sunday. I'll admit it. But Sunday, this Sunday is extra special. Is there anybody who would like to guess, shout it out, why I am extra excited this morning? How did you know? What? Because we have the baptism tank. Yes! This morning, we are having baptisms. It's going to be amazing. We're looking forward to it. And if you are here this morning and you have put your faith in Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you haven't been baptized and you want to be baptized this morning, there's actually going to be a moment in this service where we will invite you to go to our room over here, and you can talk with somebody about possibly getting baptized this morning. We've already got somebody lined up to baptize you, so be thinking about that throughout the service. Some other things that we've got going on next Sunday, Uno de Mayo. We are celebrating Cinco de Mayo on Uno de Mayo. It's going to be amazing. We're lining up a bunch of food. We're going to be together, so make sure to be here next Sunday, obviously for the service, but afterwards for our first Sunday lunch on Uno de Mayo. It's going to be amazing. Anybody excited? Anybody excited? I see yeah. some hands. Woo! Yes! All right. Also, we are having an event here on June 25th. But we are going to plan it, but we're actually going to be reaching out to you all for the ideas. So if you're sitting here and you're like, oh my goodness, I have always had the greatest idea for a church event. We want to hear all about it, so go online to mylcc.info. It's up there, and you'll see a card that says summer event ideas. Click on it. We would love to hear it, and actually, what we're going to do is we're going to collect the top three that we think are the best and, and least craziest uh, and least absurd, and we're going to have all of y'alls vote on it. Understand? Everybody understand how that works? Okay, awesome. If you are around here and you are not in a cell group, we would love to have you join one of our cell groups. Go online again to our website at milescc.info. Check out our cell groups. They're amazing. I'm in one. I know I'm biased, but it's pretty great. We have a great time together. We share life together. Um, but okay, that is it for announcements. I'm going to ask you guys to get on your feet because we are going to sing together and lift up a shout of praise to our God this morning. Oh, Heavenly Father, we are thankful for everything that you are doing in our lives this morning and in this moment. Please be with us. We love you, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen to that. Hopefully you got your blood moving a little bit. You can have a seat. Go ahead. It's great to see you this morning. Good morning. Buenos dias. And I'm Dan. I'm the lead pastor here at Life Community Church, and um, it's great to be back here as one body today. If you're new around here, we actually, we're a, group, we're a people of small groups who come together on Sundays to hear the word and to worship. And, and I can't believe it was a week ago that we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Doesn't it feel like a long, it felt like that was a long time ago. But we're back here together today and it's, it's spring. And today we're gonna talk about a new season here at LCC at Life Community. Um, so I'm gonna jump right in. So if you got your Bibles, turn to the book of Nehemiah. We're going Old Testament today, the book of Nehemiah. And as you're turning there, I, I want to just give you a little background. Ne Nehemiah tells the story of God's people. This is before Jesus came. Um, this is, and to give you a little more background, around 586 BC, all right, 
Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon, and he breached the walls of the city of Jerusalem. They invaded, they knocked him down, he burned the gates, carried off most of God's people into captivity. All right, and let's stop there for a second because before, a couple months ago, we probably would have just read through that story and been, wow, that just happened, okay? But what's going on in our world right now, we read that a little bit differently, just the horrifying parts of war, of invasion. And so it, we read it. It's just very vivid today as we, as we even hear that. Now, back in Jerusalem, some of God's people remained there, a remnant, all right? But all they had was a broken down wall and broken down gates of the city. They're pretty much defenseless against enemies there. All right, stay with me. I'm gonna flash forward 100 years, all right? God's people, again, they were taken into captivity, but it's 100 years later now, and the Babylonians have been taken over by the Persians who have come in, and they've kind of absorbed God's people too. And there's a new king in power. His name's Artaxerxes, and he's favorable towards God's people, the, the people who were taken into captivity. So much so that one of their own, Nehemiah, becomes the cupbearer to that king, King Artaxerxes. So what's interesting is, is that, that Nehemiah is in this position with Artaxerxes, and he has this, this longing for his people, for his homeland. And the whole book starts with some relatives who have gone to Jerusalem and have seen the conditions there, the current conditions, come back, and Nehemiah asks, asks them about the conditions, and they tell him the wall is still broken down, the, the gates that were burned are still, they've not been repaired at all. And it's interesting because Nehemiah has a reaction to that. And if you're in chapter one, verse four, I'll just read it. Nehemiah says, as soon as I heard these words, meaning about the, the wall, all right, I sat down and I wept and I mourned for days and I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. This is a hundred years later, all right, and there is still just raw grief about the condition of the city of Jerusalem. He goes on, verse five, then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to, to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, for the people of Israel. This, and then he says this, I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. He makes this corporate prayer, right? For, for the people and for the sin that really was part of them being taken into captivity. Well, Nehemiah, so Nehemiah is in this emotional state um, and the king notices it and asks him about it, King Artaxerxes does, and Nehemiah tells him the story and Artaxerxes actually gives him permission to go back and resources to go back and to build, to rebuild the wall of his city. And, and actually, he's gonna allow people to return to the city, the Israelites. So Nehemiah goes with the king's blessing. Now in chapter two, Nehemiah arrives and there's this moment when he's, he's walking along the walls of the city, just, just seeing the rubble of the city, the once great city that was. And he, he just, he views it. And this is not a small wall. It's a wall that was probably at least two miles long. But he doesn't linger at the conditions. He quickly pulls together the remnant that's there, the remnant of people. He pulls them together, and this is a remnant that had grown in size. It's been 100 years. And he speaks to the leaders and the people there, and he gives them this vision to, to build again, to rebuild. 
And the people are ready, man. They respond. Right in the text, it says, they said, let us rise up and build it. It's this powerful moment, this unified moment together. And so in chapter three, they get at it. And what's interesting, if you read chapter three, it is like a tedious chapter because it goes and it talks about uh, this person worked on this part of the wall, this person worked on this part of the wall, and it just goes on and on. This person, son of this person, worked on, next to him was this person, next to him was this person, and it's just daunting. But what it communicates is this was, this was the entire community. They were, everybody was taking a section of this, this wall and was rebuilding and, and bringing the wall and the gates back, everybody. Now, there's opposition along the way. As you read through Nehemiah, there's people on the, there's neighbors who are attacking because they fear that the power is going to come back to Jerusalem. There's opposition on the inside, too, because actually during this process, some, some of the Jews are actually gaining advantage over other Jews, kind of ripping them off financially. And Nehemiah has to address this opposition on the outside, opposition on the inside, too. But overall, this time was a time marked with great spiritual renewal and revival. And we're going to talk about that today as we look more into Nehemiah, because I think this is really appropriate for where we're at right now. So what did they do in the following chapters of Nehemiah? What did they do as part of this spiritual renewal? Okay, one. The people begin to read the word of God together. If you look at chapter 8, it says, All the people were gathered as one man in the square, and the ears of the people were attentive to the book of the law. Go down to verse 8 of chapter 8. It says, They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra the priest, and teacher of the law, and the Levites, who were instructing the people, said to them all, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people have been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. (laughs) They wept. Why did they weep? Because it had been like 100 years since they were together reading the word of God. They had been taken off into captivity. This is a powerful moment. So part of the spiritual renewal was just, we're going to read the word of God together. Now, besides that, they also began applying the word of God. In verse 8, if you go farther, chapter 8, if you go farther down, you read that they start discovering things in the word of God that this thing that they'd not read for 100 years. They discovered the festivals that God had set up for them to remember who he was and to celebrate. And so they began living that out, exactly what they read. And there was, it was a time of great joy, the, the Bible says. What else did they do as part of their spiritual renewal? They had this time when they, the people recounted their story. They, they Specifically, they recounted where they had gone wrong, where where their ancestors had gone wrong, where they had left the Lord, and they prayed prayers of confession. They confessed all the sin. And finally, they resolved together. Chapter 10 is a list of those resolutions that they set out together. They they made this agreement. We're moving forward. 
we're going to recommit ourselves to living the way that God has asked us to live. And in chapter 12, the wall's dedicated. And there's this, this incredible celebration. It's a new day, and it's a new start for God's people. And the message in all of this is, and that was an overview, right? But the message in all of this is, in a great disruption, when things seem impossible, we're never gonna get away from this. New life becomes possible when God's people resolve to pray, confess, read God's word, live his way, and work hard. Work hard together. And this is a great lesson for us in April of 2022. It's no secret that we've had a disruption, right, for some years now. It's been quite a season. We've, in a sense, been carried away, right, from our normal lives, taking captivity, if you want to call it that, by a pandemic. At the same time, it's not just been the actual pandemic, it's actually been, we've had major shifts that are taking place in our world right now. And the era of our, our faith and our values, Christian faith and values, even somewhat aligning with the values of government and culture is fast eroding. Now, the Israelites, when they were taken in captivity, they lost that right away, all right? We've seen it happen during the pandemic. It was happening before as well. Today, many of us feel a sense of loss, a loss that's already been felt and maybe more that is coming and so we're on the defensive. We fear that we're going to lose the freedoms that we've had. We asked, uh, last week, we, we kind of opened it up to ask some questions of LCC and leadership. And several of those questions were questions like this. How can we address more social and political issues facing our nation? Our schools, our workplaces are getting more hostile to the gospel. And that's a fact. That's true. And I feel it, too. And there is a time to more fully unpack that question, and I will a little bit today, but we're not without hope. We're not without hope. And if we're going to build new out of a disruption, if there's going to be spiritual renewal, if there's going to be revival, I think it starts with uh, some reflection, some asking ourselves some questions about this time. So stay with me. These are my reflections, all right? And I know they're imperfect. But this time has revealed that many of us as followers of Jesus, right, we have put our hope in the world. We've put our hope in government systems. We've put our hope in the position and influence that we've held there. Um, we've put our hope in those, in, in, in schools, whatever it is, whatever the position we've had. The reason I know we've put our hope there is because a time of hardship like a pandemic that should have brought brothers and sisters closer together more than ever before and galvanized us because we have Jesus Christ, right? The hope of the world ended up dividing so many of us. So we've been through some really hard, dark times and we desperately need spiritual renewal. We need revival. We need to be able to build new. And I do believe that the, the way that that happens. The model for it is what we read in Nehemiah. It comes through desperately seeking God through a passionate return 
to God's word and to the word, Jesus Christ. Uh, it comes through recounting our story, both good parts of it and bad parts of it. It comes through confession, deep confession, which is something I think we as sometimes as followers of Christ, we, oh yeah, there's that confession thing. And I'd say privately and corporately. The reality is like the Israelites prior to the captivity, we, I think we've looked to our hope elsewhere in idols, wealth, power, position, and we forgot where our, where our home is. It's not here. And honestly, I think most of us didn't even realize that it was happening, right? It happened over time. But when idols are threatened, the claws come out, right? That's what happens because they want to regain their place. And so this great disruption has rocked the foundation of many who follow Christ. But what was it built on is the question. So the road back, I think, and building a new starts with important questions. And we've done some of that around here. We've done that in our groups. Ask these questions. Questions like, why did this period of hardship wreck some of our brothers and sisters' faith? Why did some choose to turn against brothers and sisters in favor of a political position? Why, why through a time of hardship, why do we care more about our point of view and getting that across than, than the plight of other brothers and sisters who had a difficult time during this pandemic? Why does our fear of the world and the decline in morality cause us to divide rather than to unite? Is God my God if I lose my favorable position in society? Is God my God if the school systems change? We have to address those questions, and we've got to work hard to root out any other gods than the one true God. And I think we need deep confession because the answers to eternal things are not in winning the morality battle or in our party winning, right? We're foolish if we think that. Though certainly we live in a democracy, right? We have a voice, we have a vote, but we can never put our hope in the systems of this world. So I would like to, to do something. Nehemiah, it's, the chapter started out with, he, he shed tears over the condition, and he prayed, and he confessed. And so I, if you don't mind, I would like to pray together corporately a prayer of confession for all of us, including those of us who have even are not here, part of our body anymore. I want to pray. So pray with me. God, Awesome, awesome God, you are the alpha, you are the omega, the beginning, the end. You existed before the governments of our time and you will reign long after they pass into oblivion. You've seen the rise and the fall of many nations. You've been God through times when your people were oppressed and in times of great prosperity. You are our hope. And I confess the deep sins that we, myself included, have had 
and being carriers of pride, arrogance, impatience, unkindness, anger, fear, lacking restraint, and sometimes lacking trust. Forgive us, God, of our sins. Our sins against you and against each other. We thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ, which forgives us. Hear our prayer, God. Hear our desire for spiritual renewal for the church, for our church. Give us a heart of humility. In Jesus' name, amen. So if, if we're to build, right, with spiritual, this time of spiritual renewal, we see some of the things mentioned here. On top of that, we're going to have to work hard, and we're going to need every person. We're going to need a desire and a resolve by every person in this community to build on the foundation, the one and only foundation of Christ. So to me, this is an extremely exciting time in the life of our church. It is a pivotal time in the life of our church, and it's a great opportunity for us to, to listen to God's Spirit and to write new stories together as we listen and respond to his leading. And when a group of people resolve to do that together, watch out. Watch out what God will do through us. So the new is coming. And I believe God will bring it. He's done it before. As he said in the book of Isaiah, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I'm, doing, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Now, unlike the Israelites, we're not rebuilding, right, the wall of Jerusalem. We're building something new in Christ. And so I want to talk to you about that, what we are building, because the vision has been, has been clear, I think, for a while now, and I wanted to share specifically about that. So here is some of the things that God's, I really think God's spirit has brought to the forefront and presented us, our leadership, and our church with opportunities. First, we are building a new LCC that is intentional to be a body of all nations, a body that's ready to share the hope of Christ with all people, all, all cultures. So Armando, come on up. And if you're new here and you're wondering what's going on, in this pandemic, we've had We've had unique things happen that we prayed about for a long time, right? We prayed that God would, would in this time, make us a church of, of all cultures to begin to build that. It takes time. And so I invited Armando up because um, he and I, we've both been praying for years together, even before the pandemic. And uh, let me read a little bit of Romans before we start. Romans 15, 5 says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. How you doing, Armando? Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you hear that verse, like, what do you, okay, what is that, how are we doing so far? 
as far as this idea of becoming one together. Not separate in other places, but one church. Yes, first of all, uh, I want to say thank you to the church. Thank you to LCC. Thank you because when we start this, we don't know where are we going because the question in our mind was, the people are going to receive us. It's the first time that something like this is trying here in town. I don't have any reference on other church doing the same. Me either. And, and the way that you are welcome people from different nations, from different backgrounds, from different culture, uh, you are my heroes. Thank you so much. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. And it's been, it's been so far just a, so fun and an honor and, and a great opportunity just to know, um, know everyone who's come in. And we talk about welcoming right here in this passage, and we're on a journey. This doesn't happen overnight, right, mm -hmm. to, be, to become a church of all, of all cultures. It takes intention, and it takes time again and again bringing it up. But we are trying to move from, we're on a path to move from welcoming, okay, to loving. From welcoming to loving. Now, along there on the way, on the path, is knowing. So from welcoming to knowing to loving, to, to in order to love someone, right, you have to know about them. And so that's, that's, to us, that's very important. That's the next phase, if you want to call it that, is we've, I think we have, we've done great together, getting to know each other. I know that uh, our groups have done things together, even on Sundays, uh, we're, we're getting to know each other. But what is it, what's the next step for us? And it's knowing each other. So I want to, I think part of that is hearing our story. So I want you to hear, um, we're going to hear Mateo's story. So this is a video, Clay, I, so you'll need the audio for this, but um, listen to Listen to a little bit about Mateo. Soy de Oaxaca, México. Uh, llegué aquí a Columbus, Ohio hace 20, llegué en, los, en el 2000. Tengo como 22 años. Siempre hemos vivido en el área de Gilia y siempre hemos estado este, rodeados de la familia, ¿no? mis hermanas, mis cuñados. Bueno, siempre he estado escuchando, pero que yo asisto a la iglesia es como 12 años. 12 años, pero solo que, que, que sirvo un poco más al Señor es como unos 5 años. Antes tenía yo mucho, uh, muchos problemas conmigo mismo no con mi familia, no con, sino conmigo mismo. Ahora es fácil mi vida, es, es muy, muy, muy fácil. Soy uh, el mayor, <coughs> soy el mayor de mis hermanos y ustedes conocen a mi familia, mis hermanas, mis cuñados, mis sobrinos. Toda mi familia. Y son, son mi motivación y son mi inspiración. Tengo dos hijos, Mateo y Kevin. Mateo tiene 21 años, Kevin tiene 19. Los dos, uh, es, lo, los dos participan y asisten a la iglesia y este... Um, van al colegio, nos sentimos orgullosos de ellos. 
nos sentimos muy uh, bendecidos. La familia es muy, es muy importante. Desde, desde el inicio de la relación hasta el consumir el matrimonio. Y la bendición de los hijos. Y la familia es una palabra muy ah, extensa, grande, porque entre la palabra familia y amor van muy, muy pegados. Es, 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 casi, es casi un solo sentimiento. Mi suegra, mi suegro, mis padres son mi motivación y pienso, creo, quiero ser motivación para mis demás hermanos en Cristo. Estamos muy uh, emocionados por estar en el CC. Estamos muy contentos por pertenecer o ser miembros de, de, de LCC y estamos uh, agradecidos con el pastor Armando, el pastor Dan y todos los líderes de la iglesia. Y también nos sentimos uh, orgullosos porque somos latinos. Somos una iglesia latina pequeña, pero somos una familia grande en Cristo. Nos sentimos muy uh, confortables y queremos que la iglesia se sienta confortable con nosotros. Y queremos que esto se, se expande, eh, sea más grande, que, uh, lleguen, que tengamos más miembros o más almas perdidas en, en la iglesia para poder ayudar, servir y escuchar la palabra. Great. <laughs> Could you put your hand together for Mateo, yeah. please? We love you, Mateo. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and if you want to know more, ask Mateo about Oaxaca. Ask, mm -hmm. ask him about his city that he came from. He'd love to tell you about it. But every person who comes through these doors has a story, right? They have a background where they come from, regardless of culture. So what does it look like for us to move from welcoming people and saying hi on Sunday morning to actually moving towards people and asking them who they are so that we can know them? Because in the end, 1 Peter 1.22 says that as the church, we're to love one another deeply from the heart. And so how do we move from welcoming to loving? So they may be thinking like, what steps can, can, I, take? can I take? Yes, and this is a great question. Um... We have a song, a Spanish song, that is Despacito. Could you repeat with me? Despacito. Despacito. Step by step, liter by liter. If you put the focus in the big wall, uh, you become overwhelmed because it's a lot to do. Mm -hmm. But as you say, if you are thinking in the block that you have in front of you, you can work block, one block at a time, one person at a time. Just saying welcome, and, and I have this idealistic uh, way to see the life that around the table, 
things are better. Just invite someone to your house. Mm -hmm. um, just take the time to say welcome to someone that you never know. It's so easy to be outside and, and be with your friend or be with your group or be with your family, but just being out of your comfort zone and saying, hey, today I want to show someone the love of Jesus Christ. Show me, because when I don't have any right to be in, in, in God's presence, he called me and he loved me and he hugged me, and I want to love, call, and hug someone today. Mm -hmm. And this can make the difference. One step at a time, and despacito, just take it easy. Yeah, yeah. And why, so like we talk about here, you may be thinking, well, why don't we just have separate churches, right? Why not just have Hispanic over here and, or another culture over here? And that does happen, right, in our world. But the vision here is what we see in Ephesians 2, which is Jews and Gentiles, man, they were thrown into the church together. And they, part of their discipleship and their growth was learning to live together, learning to lay down your own preferences and rights. And so even when we sit here, sing on Sunday, right, that was, took a little bit of time to get used to. But I will tell you what, there are tears in my eyes in worship now because I, as we sing in Spanish, as we, as we take in the words and realize that our God is not just the culture of people, or the God of, the, of people who look like us, he's the cult of, of the world. And it opens our eyes. So I want to encourage you. I know, it's, <laughs> I know it's tricky sometimes, especially some songs, like you feel like, oh, the Spanish and the English, they just, the syllables just don't match up. We're, we're working on it. <laughs> we're trying to find those songs. But just knowing that it's meaningful to my brothers and sisters to be able to sing in, in their yeah. language, right, is enough for me to say I want to share that together with them. So um, Yes, and... The DNA of the church is not uh, a local church, American or, mm -hmm. or, or Latinos or, or from different part of the country uh, or other countries. The DNA of the church, when you read Act 2, uh, is people from different languages, different nations, and they don't know how, but in some point, the Holy Spirit came and they start to communicate well. Yeah. And, and this is God saying, my ideal church is people from every nation all together. And it's so, I'm so glad that I don't have to wait to be in heaven mm -hmm. to sing in English. Uh, because I say, I say this week, uh, in heaven you speak Spanish. If you don't know, it's time to start <laughs> learning this. Take my advice. <laughs> but it's so beautiful because if you read Revelation, this is the picture that Revelation is showing. It's, it's yeah. people from everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so not good. divisive in, in this society that is so divided. Yeah. How we can be one, how we can love, how we can show the love of Jesus Christ for everyone. Yeah. And this is, I'm so glad that this is the vision that we're having. Yeah. And so we're going to lean into that vision and let the Spirit guide that vision. So if you, when you came in, you had got one of these, right? So take it out if you want. You can follow along. We're going to walk through this together because part of the barrier, and let's just be honest, right? Some of us have, tr have gone up to have conversations with other people. They don't speak our language. And you say, hey, I'm Dan. And then they may say who they are. And then there's silence. And it's a little bit awkward, right? So we're going to build some bridges today. And so these will be available. They'll be in the lobby. You can grab one at any time. I encourage you to go and know someone, all right? So 
You can say these phrases. We've tried to make it as easy as possible, right? So I will. And, and next week, we are having a quiz. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We're going to test you on this. So, hola. Hola. ¿Cómo te llamas? Uh, mi nombre es Dan. Great. <laughs> ¿Y tú? <laughs> mi nombre es Armando. Okay. ¿Cómo estás? Bien. ¿Cómo estás? Mal. Oh, no, I'm not bad. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just following the rule. <laughs> Adios, mucho gusto. <laughs> mucho gusto. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm bendiciones en Cristo is the lie, the blessing in Christ. Yeah, and that's a phrase that we want to use around here all the time. Blessings in Christ, right? Yes, Learn these words. They're here for you to have a conversation. And yes, it will be awkward the first time. It'll feel funny, but the more you do it, You'll get, it, you'll get the idea, the hang of it. And, you know, for those of you who are daring, like uh, I've, you know, Duolingo um, is, or Babbel or one of those things uh, is, a great, is a great tool to learn more phrases. So we'll be doing more of that. We're leaning into that. Um, we're also going to have a Cinco de Mayo lunch, which we mentioned earlier, so be a part of that. And I will say this, in order for this to be a culture, all right, it can't be three or four people. It can't be 30 or 40 people. It's got to be everyone. That's how you create a culture, right? Everybody is, is rowing in this direction. So um, see it like in the story we talked about in Nehemiah, right? There's, there's, everybody's got a section of the wall. So your section, maybe just go up. Go up to somebody and say hi. Another person's section, maybe invite them over to have lunch. Or a group invites them over. There's all kinds of ways to build. So consider um, how to do that. One more thing. We're going to lean into this more because in, starting in May, Armando is going to come on staff part-time. Um, he already has a, a job, so yeah, we're totally excited. Amen. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, he'll be doing some uh, more teaching around here, which we're thrilled. Uh, you've got a unique set of, of, of gifts that we, I feel like would be great for us and, and great for everyone. Um, he'll be doing and helping our staff to lean into this, this more as well. So seven hours a week starting in May, and I can't wait. It's going to be really exciting. Okay, thanks, Armando. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Thanks for going up here. Okay, I'm going to keep going. I told people this could be two hours today. It's not. It won't be. Um, so the second thing we want to do is you're going to hear uh, the word neighboring a lot around here. Jesus said some words in case you haven't heard them before. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? Said that in Mark 12. And... We, God has positioned each one of us in a neighborhood, right, for, a, for this time. And we've got neighbors around us. We've got a community around us. And when we start to realize this and simply lean into that and embrace Jesus' call, not to have this abstract, like, love my neighbor, just anybody out there, but actually love my neighbor who's living next to me or a couple doors down, it can transform um, you building relationships. So our staff and our elders have spent time this year growing and learning in this area. We've been doing it through a book, a resource called The Art of Neighboring. If you want to get that, um, it's something we're going to go through uh, towards late summer into the fall. Um, the whole next school year we're going to have, this is going to be our focus. What does it look like for us to build relationships with our neighbors and to begin to step out um, because when we do this, when we literally love our neighbors, and it starts with learning their names, um, amazing 
things God can do when we live out the call. To, you realize how simple Jesus' words were when he said, love your neighbor. Um, so that's coming this fall. Also, let's talk about our neighbors around LCC, all right? God is transforming this area around here. We've had a basketball facility go in. We've had the food pantry go in in the back. Um, I have not talked about this in a while, and I want to talk about it today. The reason I haven't talked about it is because the process is so tediously slow. But we've mentioned before about a, um, an entity that reached out that wants a coffee place, that wants to put a coffee place in the corner of our property up there, right? And it came to us. We weren't seeking it. Um, and we are continuing to move down that path. And I'd really hope that I'd have something to announce today, but I think it's right around the corner. So uh, what the reason we're doing that is, yes, there's compensation. I'm not going to lie. Okay, they presented that. But this is a chance for us to actually reach deeper into our community. So um, it's exciting. And all of this represents a shift outward. Uh, also, as part, part of this, the compensation is that our parking lot is going to be redone and we're not gonna have to do it. And that is, that is a huge, huge provision. We have for years wondered, okay, we know that's coming, and it's a lot of money. So I'll say this a little later when, when Clay comes up, but what in the world? Like, this pandemic has happened. All of a sudden, God has provided in these strange ways, uh, and it's to his glory. All right, I want to I shift gears a little bit and talk about, all right, what does this mean for me, for each one of us at LCC? We don't have, we've never had membership here, okay, formal membership. We just don't, it's just our choice. We don't see it in the Bible. Other places, if they do it, that's fine. We just haven't had it. But if you want to ask me, how are you a member around here? It's, it's three ways. Uh, first of all, it's connecting. It's connecting in a group with other people, all right? And the pandemic has only reinforced the need for each other, that all of us need to be connected with each other. And I'm going to say it, parents, it's our responsibility to disciple our families first. But part of that modeling is humbly being involved with others in the body, washing each other's feet. This is a part of your discipleship. It's a part of your growth. And in groups, we live this out. We open our lives to others. So I'm less concerned about how you're going to fit this into your schedule, and more concerned about why your schedule doesn't prioritize this when living in community is so clearly described and defined in the Word of God. So connect, connect around here. Second, serve. And I want to invite Josh and Sonia up. Come on up. I got some things. Why don't you meet some people real quick? Um, we're going to have new opportunities to serve as we come out of this time, and I want to introduce you, you to a couple people. I think Josh is around here somewhere. There he comes. Okay. So um, Sonia is jumping on our staff team um, with NextGen. Yeah, she's going to jump in and serve. She's already been, been serving. And I'll ask each of you guys a question in a second. Um, Josh is actually coming on staff because Bruce Truxell, who's been our facilities coordinator for forever, uh, through this pandemic, Bruce, I will tell you this, he has been absolutely faithful in serving. There has not been a moment when, if something happens around here, 
he's here within five minutes. And he's addressing the things. This, this is a big facility. It's a big grounds. And he has served faithfully, sacrificed during a time when, frankly, it's been hard to get people together at times to volunteer. Um, so Josh is going to be stepping in. Bruce is retiring. He said, ah, I'm ready to let go of the responsibility. So, um, but Bruce wanted me to do something. And this is ceremonial, okay? You have to take them. <laughs> so the cool thing is, is that Josh has come, Josh came in October, right? Is it October? November, okay, October, November. He, um, he came here because he had been a pastor, associate pastor at a church down on campus. And for a long time, God had been stirring in he and his wife about campus ministry. They've been doing it for how many years? 13, 13 years, okay? And felt God calling them back to this neighborhood. So Josh has come into our body, and honestly, it's a God provision, too, that he came in at the time that Bruce was ready. And this guy, I'm so excited for him to be, come and be on our staff and listen uh, and give ad advice to us, too, about because he's been in ministry for a while now. He's got a whole unique story. We'll, we'll learn more about him later. But a couple questions for both of you, all right? So real quick, what are you excited about, and how can all of us help you as you think about your area. So whoever wants to go first. I'll go first. Uh, I am excited when I look around and see this awesome home and building that God has blessed us with. And um, it's not just for our use, but I think it's a perfect space for us to invite our, our neighbors, our coworkers, and our friends uh, who may not know God yet. So that excites me uh, to use my hands and to do that together with you to uh, steward this building that God's given us. Yeah. How can we? That. How can these guys help you? You think uh, there is probably a number of things that we need to do. So I'm not going to ask that you just give me a list of what the to do is, <laughs> uh, but I, I need to know that as well. But uh, I don't know uh, everyone that has particular skills and time and availability. So feel free to introduce yourself and get to know me. On hey, there's some things we can do to help improve the building. And I'm available. I know somebody else is available where I have these skill sets. So I'm excited to, to learn your guys' names and face and that we can do these things together. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Sonia. Sonia's in my group. Sonia is an, am an amazing, amazing person. And she, she's got a passion for Jesus. She always brings us back to that in, in group. Um, so I can't, I'm just thrilled. Uh, we love to build from within, too. Um, sure, we could go out and hire somebody out there, but to build from within is is a beautiful thing. So what are you excited about and how can we help? Yeah, I'm really excited to be a part of this team. I definitely plan to soak up every ounce of knowledge and wisdom I can get from these awesome people that I'm going to be working with. Um, I'm also just really excited to lean into God's voice and calling and just see how he moves uh, through this church and this body and this new season. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, and how can, how can we, these guys, help? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, we're always looking for people who um, are willing and enjoy to just build relationships with our kiddos in all of our um, kids' life areas here on Sunday mornings. So that's infant, toddlers, elementary, and preschool. Um, but a little more specifically, if there's anybody out there who just really gets excited about organization <laughs> or just feels like they have a really good knack for that, we definitely have some opportunities for you to utilize those skills. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. You guys can have a seat. 
I appreciate it. I'm really excited for them. I tell you, I was able to lead worship at youth group a little while ago. I don't know why they asked me. I'm like, come on, there's got to be somebody younger. But anyway, um, it was beautiful to see God is doing things in our youth group, and it is a great time. If you want to be involved, it's a great time to jump in and help with that too. All right, so we talked about connecting. We talked about serving. And if you are not using your gifts around here, just just reach out, reach out to us, to Monica. Monica's our connections person. She'll, she'll help you get connected. All right, I got to keep moving. Finally, so connect, serve, and give. So I'm going to call Clay up. Um, Clay stepped on the elder team. That's been a little while ago now. Uh, he's been a gift. Um, and when he stepped on around that time, well, a little bit later, Dan Nellis stepped off, and Dan was overseeing the finances at LCC, and he handed that off to Clay. Sorry, Clay, for that. Uh, I know, it's rough. Um, so I got a couple questions for you, and let's start with the question I'm sure many of us are thinking is, I've seen the numbers, okay? How can we afford three new staff people? That's an excellent question. Where is Dan Nellis? <laughs> no. Um, okay, so <laughs> firstly, as you previously pointed out, only two of them are actually new. Um, Josh is replacing Bruce, so that doesn't count. Okay. Um, uh, secondly, while Sonia is technically new, um, her position or some variant thereof has been uh, budgeted for a while. It's in the current, the present year budget, so it's not actually, you know, new budget uh, numbers. Um, and a similar situation uh, with Armando, um, his position had also been budgeted a little bit, um, uh, budgeted out uh, in the current year as well. Um, those dollars simply hadn't been spent um, essentially out of prudence. Um, and then importantly, and also I think kind of exciting as well, the FEC, which is our uh, affiliated, I always say it's association. association. Yeah. I'm not allowed to say yeah. denomination. It's our association. Um, <laughs> I didn't say it's a fellowship of evangelical churches. Yes. Uh, they have agreed to uh, support Armando's position and so are also defraying that cost out of our budget as well. Yeah. So it's, it's God's provided in unique ways there. All right. Okay, so it's in our budget, but we're not even meeting our budget. So explain that to me. What's been happening? What's been happening over this pandemic with our uh, finances? Nellis left me with what uh, was once referred to as a crooked calculator, so it all adds up. <laughs> no. Um, so it is an accurate statement. We're not actually meeting the budget currently. Uh, the current fiscal year budget calls for $54,000 a year, or I'm sorry, a, a month. Um, year to date, we've averaged about 48.6. I am not a math genius, but I do understand that that number is lower. <laughs> Uh, 48.6 is lower than, than 54. Um, additionally, uh, over the course of the pandemic, uh, two years in a row, basically, I, I, has everybody lost count of when the pandemic started and how it's like <laughs> it's a blur of time? Um, our, 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 uh, our giving has been steadily declining uh, over that period. Uh, our current fiscal year giving is down about 3.6%, which is better than the 5.6% the year before or what is COVID year one, um, as I like to call it. Um, obviously, it's no secret that uh, the pandemic has upended all sorts of places. Um, churches are certainly not an exception, and we're certainly not an exception to that. Um, and, you know, uh, from a body standpoint, for anybody that's been around pre-COVID um, and, and just kind of looked around, um, we've lost a lot of people. The, the faces around here have changed um, significantly. Um, I would probably argue more significantly than, than really any period in the, in the history of, of LCC. 
Um, and, and yeah, we've, we frankly lost a, pot, a lot of people. And, um, you know, frankly, many of those people were faithful givers. Um, <laughs> Uh, however, I, I'll, I'll say also the thing that kind of gives me enormous hope is we've had a steady influx of, of new people, and we've had uh, an influx of new givers as well. Um, and then, you know, uh, just to even get a little bit more specific, I'm a, I'm, I like to study culture a little bit, and, and for anybody that's a student of culture and paying attention to these things, um, you know, uh, w one of the largest demographics like exiting the church has been people in their 20s um, and we've seen an influx of those people. And so that, that really gives me um, a kind of a lot of hope for the future. Uh, to bring it back around to the budget number, I guess, um, again, going back to that 54 versus the 48.6, um, are we operating at a deficit? The, the, the D word, as we say in my house. Um, <clears throat> no, we're not. Uh, we're not operating okay. at a deficit. Um, there's a lot of areas, uh, next gen, chief among them, where um, we simply have not been spending the budgeted uh, dollars uh, over the fiscal year. Um, that restraint has essentially allowed us to maintain a position where um, while the giving has been below budget, expenses has been below giving. Um, so net positive. Um, the staff really has been driving that and, and are very frugal in, in the way that they manage the, the resources that we have um, and have done a great job of kind of keeping those numbers down um, uh, so that we don't uh, enter a deficit situation. Um, that being said, we are definitely sensing a very strong urging to move forward yeah. um, towards the future with some uh, steps of faith. Yeah, so how do we be wise in, in our planning and yet exercise faith? Yeah, again, where is Dan Nellis? <laughs> 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 He's right there. Um, okay, so, you know, we talk a lot about this in the leadership team, and, you know, I think it starts with, with seeing God's provision uh, that, he's, that he's given us thus far. Um, again, kind of going back to the beginning of the pandemic, I think um, a lot of churches, um, and even like uh, here, I think the initial thought is, oh, no, are, are we going to implode? What does this mean? What was this uncertain future that we have in front of us? <laughs> um, and it's been a really amazing to see uh, the Lord continue to be faithful, his people to continue to be faithful, um, throughout that, that, you know, really kind of historic time period that we've been living through. Um, and again, while it's true that our, that our, uh, our giving has been under budget, um, you know, we've, again, maintained uh, a situation where the expenses have been under their giving. So um, the provision has been there um, throughout that time. And then, you know, uh, we've also had some transformation, as Dan had mentioned, as far as kind of some of the property that we've, we've had. Um, we sold the, the one side lot. We're looking at the other outbuilding over there. Um, and so that even to just get a little bit more specific and put a finer point on it, um, if you do mark the beginning of the pandemic as essentially March of 2020, um, the savings account that we maintain uh, at LCC had about $70,000 in it at that point in time. Um, it currently has about $440,000 in it. And so that, that's, that's absolutely astounding to me as having taking over this and starting to get into these numbers. Um, and then in addition to that, you know, we've got the, the need for the roof, um, and that roof fund is up to a little over $100,000, which is about 70,000, or I'm sorry, 70% of its goal, um, and that's completely separate, and in addition to the funds already mentioned. So the Lord has provided through this crazy time in weird ways that are just kind of unforeseen. Yeah. So what about stepping forward in faith? What does that look like? What's a well, um, so uh, in September, we're going to celebrate this, but uh, we can talk about it now, right? We yeah. have, uh, uh, so we're going to pay off the mortgage uh, for the building. 
Yeah. It's a, it's a really big deal. Um, it's a little over $10,000 a month. It's almost 19% of our, of our monthly operating budget. Um, so it's a, it's, a significant, it's a significant chunk of change, uh, mm -hmm. as it were. Um, and it's going to free up uh, quite a bit of funds. Um, we've been blessed with the means to do so, as I, as I previously mentioned. Um, we're also on an adjustable rate mortgage. Um, for those of you who pay attention to these sort of things, those rates are going up. We expect that phone call uh, to be sometime soon. And so it seems like the prudent thing to do um, is to use the provision that we have, move forward in, as a staff of faith and pay that off um, and free up those funds uh, for other purposes. Uh, the current, or the, I'm sorry, the budget we're working on currently for the next fiscal year, almost done, not quite, um, will reallocate uh, the bulk of those funds, um, some to existing ministries and then kind of in a very exciting way, um, some newly identified earmarks to invest uh, a, little bit more, a little bit more directly in the community that we haven't been able to do previously. Okay, this is crazy because, and I'll say this, if you would have told me in April, <laughs> many years ago, that in April in 2022, we were going to be in a position to pay off the mortgage, and then perhaps a year later, we were going to have a brand new, completely paid parking lot and a roof, hopefully, if we get there, and a chance to invest deeper into the community and have money in the bank, I would have said, what are you smoking, you know? <laughs> That's crazy, and yet we look back, and it, it almost feels like loaves and fishes some way, like how did, how did this come in during this time? So that's the whole picture. So don't just, when you see the numbers, yes, we need to give, and that's one of the things we need to talk about, right? Um, but before we get there, step of faith. We want to keep exercise. When we see God provide like this, we want to keep exercising faith. So uh, how about a faith step today we're going to talk about, right? Andrew? Do you want me to? Yeah, yeah, no, go for I'm, it. We weren't sure who was going to this out. I'll go with it. All right, so um, most people know that we, we uh, partner directly with uh, family, the Sowers family in Honduras. Um, their need in Honduras has been enormous over the pandemic. Um, you know, our costs have gone up, their costs have gone up. Uh, the shipping that they have to deal with and getting, you know, goods into the, into the country um, is enormous. Um, Alan Sowers had reached out and, and just expressed that, that new need to us, or increased need, I should say, to us. Um, you know, as I mentioned previously, as, as we've had kind of people leave, um, we have direct connection with two schools um, in Honduras. We, we uh, have essentially agreed to cover uh, the sponsorships uh, for the children in those two schools. Our sponsorship levels have dropped. Their total sponsorship levels have dropped. And so their need has been skyrocketing while they're um, their, their, in, uh, their support has been dropping. Um, and so uh, what we're gonna do uh, as an additional step of faith um, as we finish out this fiscal year is we're gonna give them just a one-time gift of an additional $10,000, which will go very, very far. Uh, it, you know, I went down there a couple years ago and I'm a business guy by trade. And one of the things that I love about the Sowers is they're so darn efficient. And that $10,000 will go very, very far down there. So. Um, we're going to announce that as well. We're going to give this hours an additional $10,000 as a one-time gift okay. uh, for the Honduras mission. Okay, so everything's perfect, right? Sure. <laughs> no, not exactly. Um, like I said, as, as, uh, as I'm sure everyone here is aware, we're in a kind of a, um, a cycle of uh, high inflation. Um, that, that, put, that puts real pressure on your budgets. It puts real pressure on our budget. Um, you know, a lot of the costs that we have as a church that have been steady for a long time have sharply risen and increased this last year. A lot of, you know, vendors and suppliers and things like that. You guys have seen that in your own lives. Um, 
so those costs have gone up. Um, you know, as I mentioned, we are paying off the mortgage as a, as a step of faith, but that does obviously reduce our um, our, our cushion, if you want to call it that, or our, 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 our cash cushion, um, you know, in the short term uh, that allows us to weather some of the fluctuations and storms. Um, and, uh, you know, while I would argue that we have weathered that COVID storm fairly well, um, it doesn't change the reality that our, our giving has been trending down for several years um, in a steady decline. And so mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's real challenges ahead. Um, but again, we've seen provision. Uh, we just need to be prudent and, and, and confront those challenges boldly. Yeah, yeah. And so just to make it clear, we're setting the budget at 52,000. The next year, we're at about 48,500, 600,000. And so we're just going to say we believe, I do believe that every one of us, um, as we talked about earlier in the story, if every one of us is rowing in this area, I think we're going to have more than we need to, to fill that gap and to be able to do some things to reach deeper into our community. So, all right, thanks for coming up. Appreciate it. Is there something else I missed? There is. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You mentioned okay. you're doing something this summer. Yes, uh, I is am. It a, okay. uh, something about a pottery class or basket <laughs> weaving, um, uh, interpretive dance. Yes, it's interpretive yes. dance, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's your passion. Dance. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna disappear this summer, June, July, and August. Um, I've gotten over <laughs> the guilt of saying, "Hey, let's go, vision. See you later, hasta luego." But the reality is, um, we've got a value around here that for all of our full time staff, every seven to eight years, they take time off, a summer off, uh, to recharge and to, to renew. And it's been 10 years. Um, I was going to do it a couple years ago and was like, it's a pandemic. I don't feel like I can do that. There's no good time. But um, it's important to, to get away and to rest. Uh, and it's you, you, ministry is unique. Um, it is. I know all of us have challenges in our jobs. Um, but there are. There's long hours. There's sacrifices. You can ask my wife that. There's spiritual component. There's dealing with a lot of just heavy stuff going on. And, you know, I could, let me tell you this. I could keep going. But I, and this is where I've landed. It, it will be better for us and for all of you, for, for our staff, for everybody, if I, if, I, if I go this summer. And I will spend the summer um, renewing, recharging after a long season, um, visiting old friends, my college friends, Marits I've not seen in forever are getting together, um, maybe taking a trip or two, hanging out with my dog, which I'm really looking forward to, and uh, just being with my wife and my sons. That's, um, so I would just ask you to pray about that um, and be nice to the staff because they're picking up some of my load this summer. And uh, I will tell you, I have the greatest staff. I mean that, and I don't even hesitate in saying that. Um, the the unity and the camaraderie that we share together. Every Friday, I can't wait to get together and to walk through the journey of ministry and partnering together. They are amazing people. Um, so it'll be, I'm sure I'll be, it'll be a challenging summer too because I don't do well when there's not a lot of stuff going on. Um, but when I come back, uh, we are having our 25-year anniversary, which is going to be amazing already. I'm lining things up before I go. Uh, to bring back some people and some uh, worship and things like that uh, that we've through the years. And so it's going to be really fun. Um, so, all right, the band, I'm going to call the band up and let me just pray while they come up about all we talked about today. We talked about a lot. God, 
uh, I look back and see just everything that we talked about today, especially the way uh, you've been such a faithful God and an awesome God, and I just stand in awe of you. And God, we know we are here because we've got a message, a, a message that brings hope to this world through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we do not want to take that lightly, that you have entrusted us with that message and that you've given us a season and a time to share that message. Um, so I pray that you would galvanize us together, um, that we would resolve together to, to, uh, to, to be in your word, to be following you, to be connected with Jesus and that you would do great and mighty things, not for our glory, but for yours. And we give you glory. Even now as we baptize today, God, we give you the glory for what you've done. You are awesome. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right. We want to lift up Jesus' name. We want to praise him today. We promised that there would be baptisms today. And we haven't forgotten. I know it's getting late, but don't worry. This is worth it. In Matthew, in the book of Matthew, before Jesus ascended into heaven, right after he rose from the dead, he told everybody that was around him, his disciples, he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we're going to experience some of those today. And I want to throw this out there. If there's anybody here who has put their faith in Christ, and they're thinking, you know what? I've never been baptized, and I think I need to be baptized today. I'm going to ask that you come over to this room. We call it our living room. I'll ask Terry and Rebecca. They're going to be over there. They'll meet you there. They'd love to talk with you and get to know you and basically just hope that they can figure out that you understand exactly what baptisms are, you know, before you get baptized. Uh, but we would love to meet you and get to know you over there. But until then... We kind of have a tradition around here that every time we do baptisms, there's a certain song we like to sing. So why don't you guys stand as we join our voices together and we sing the song together. Hey, if you're here this morning and you want to support Charlotte, we want to invite you up onto the upper stage to surround her and show that you love her, that you support what she is doing in light of God's commandments. him and I need him and I know that I've sinned I and I asked him to be in my heart Jesus washed away all of our sins because he loves us and he wants us to be in his kingdom even though I was nervous to get baptized God encouraged me with the thought you are ready I'm thankful he used people like my family and um, the middle school girls youth group and the leaders Miss Georgia and Sonia to get me the confidence to get me up here today um, getting baptized to me means to take a step of faith. Um, the water of baptism symbolizes how we have a clean slate when we have Jesus' forgiveness. I know I have a personal relationship with Jesus. He is someone I can talk to, especially when I'm having a tough day. He is really kind, and it's easy to talk to him. 
I see the Holy Spirit in my life. At school this year, there was some conflict between my friends, but some of them decided they didn't want to be friends with our friend and wanted me to join them. But I decided to stick up for my friend. That was a God moment, because I usually stay away from that sort of drama. <laughs> and I felt like a voice inside me was saying the right thing to do was stick up for my friend. And I did that even though the others didn't like it. I feel like I was a what God was asking me to do. I don't have a favorite verse in the Bible, but I do have a favorite Bible story. It's when the angels say to the shepherds in the field that Christ is born. Even though the shepherds don't seem very important, they are the first people that, that God decides to tell that Christ is born. And it reminds me that people who don't seem important are important, and everyone matters in God, to God. Oh, you guys go to cry. <laughs> Charlotte, have you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this little girl. Thank you so much for the joy that she brings uh, to our family each and every day that she's been on this earth. Thank you for the great daughter she is, the wonderful sister she is. And Lord, just knowing that she has put her faith in you to follow uh, you all the days of her life just brings so much joy to our heart. Lord, I've seen already uh, what you do in her, through her, and the way that I'm just excited to see how you use her, Lord, throughout her life to not only just uh, grow her faith, but to make an impact for uh, your kingdom uh, and others around her, Lord. And thank you so much for this body that uh, has invested so much in her. And uh, I just am excited, again, to see how you will use each person uh, in this room to uh, just uh, be a witness for her uh, going forward. And thank you, Father. Thank you for this time of celebration. We love you. Amen. All right, and I believe that is all the baptisms that we have for today. So just another, thank you guys for, for sticking around for so long. Uh, just like another announcement, some things that we have going on. Next Sunday's lunch, be there for Cinco de Mayo or Una de Mayo as we're calling it. Uh, also, June 25th, ideas, go online, milecc.info, put in your ideas for that date. And we would love to have you join one of our subgroups. Again, go online, check them out. Have a great rest of your Sunday. We will see you in your subgroups.